seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. Well, welcome to another episode of The Hopeless Show with Aaron and Rohit. I'm Aaron. He's Rohit. Something special about this episode. There's been a build, a long build, over the course of the entire time we've been doing this show of what's going to happen this past week. And, of course, it was like nothing we ever could have predicted. But... We do have, which we will get into more, we do have a new president of the United States uh, as of January 20th, and he's starting off all his, uh, his actions now, which is cool. Joe Biden, President Biden is going to be the president of the United States, and much more important than what that's going to do to the world, to the country, to everything, far more important than that is that Rohit was wrong. It was, and, yeah, I was... Not extremely wrong, but just a little bit wrong, but dangerously like it was, you know, I, like I said, I made a $500 bet with Ina. I've mm-hmm. never been happier to send somebody $500 on Venmo. Um, I believe she's getting shoes. Yeah. She's going to buy shoes, which is, um, you know, I just don't know. I mean, it's her money. It's she can do whatever. I don't know why you'd spend five hundred dollars on shoes, but she doesn't know why I'd spend five hundred dollars on a PS Five. So there we here we are. Um, but I know why yeah. you're spending five hundred dollars on a PS Five, so I can come over and play. Uh, yep, yep. And actually, technically, my if I'd won the bet, my PS Five would have cost me zero. But now that I lost the bet, I guess if you want to think about it, my PS Five cost me a thousand dollars. But you know what? I'm thrilled. I'm happy. I, I think that there is so much relief to come off of people's shoulders. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we, we don't have world peace or we haven't solved the, we, we haven't solved anything yet, but what it is, it is a chance for healing. It's a chance for people to say, okay, let's have a fresh start. Let's have America be seen in a brighter light by the world, by allies. Um, and, um, you know, even if you agreed with a lot of what Trump has done, and not every not every single thing that he did was horrible in terms of legislation stuff. There are some good things that he did that are going to be carried forward by the Biden administration. But if even if you did not vote for Joe Biden, I thought what he said at the end of his speech that he is going to be a president for even the people that didn't vote for him. I think that was so important and so powerful. And I think that we are getting a fresh start. And I hope that he can you know, continue some of the good things that, that did come out, whether that is, you know, providing, um, you know, commuting sentences to prisoners for nonviolent drug offenses or even standing up to China. There are a couple of good things, but the bad stuff is gone. And the bad stuff that really hurt a lot of people will be gone in a couple months. So I think it's, it's, it's a fresh start and I'm really, really happy. I agree. And I think, uh, one thing that I've noticed since this was, and we're going to get more into the divisiveness and some other crazy topics in this episode, because we'll call the theme of this is the post-election apocalypse. 
So we didn't have an apocalypse. We just have a post-election apocalypse, um, not an apocalypse. For me, the uh makes it like the world's ending, but yeah. What is it, the opposite of an apocalypse grammatically or, or, uh, in, the, or in the Latin sense? Because in the it, Latin sense, it's a, I think it's just a, a space apocalypse. Yeah, so or, or is it the two-pocalypse? The two-pocalypse. That's, <laughs> that's not live in an island. As you're looking that up, just a thing that I've noticed is that, in, you know, there's unsportsmanlike conduct from people in sports. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've noticed unpoliticmanlike conduct from friends who are from, from acquaintances, from people I know who are furious about what just happened and are acting just like Trump. And I want, after we find out this answer to the opposite of apocalypse, I wanna, in the news from the quarantine, which is back in real, the quarantine is like happening more again. Uh, I wanna talk about that. So it looks like the antonyms for apocalypse, there's no direct antonym. However, the near antonyms are godsend, mana, and windfall. I'll take godsend. Yeah, I mean, because the, the it was like the the Tuesday the election night, it felt like the apocalypse was happening, and when Trump came and gave his crazy speech, it was like, oh my gosh, this guy who hasn't won is saying he won. Like it felt like a dictatorship. Like okay, the U.S. is under a dictatorship now. He's still kind of trying to do that, but we're um. We're really bad. Like we're bad. This is bad. This is like really bad, like the worst bad. And so uh, a godsend, whether you believe in a God or whatever your God is, or your God is just when you look in the mirror and you think of yourself as a God-like creature, it's godsend because we all get to keep going and keep living. Or if you're not religious, it's a dog send. (laughs) The dog send. (laughs) So. Yeah. Then dog dog backwards is god exactly it's we're just we're so intelligent it's like it sometimes blows my mind how smart we are yeah if you're still listening we should probably start the show now um yeah (laughs) so so so, yeah so uh the unpoliticman like conduct from friends i there's one guy who i i haven't seen in a long time i'm pretty glad about it let's call him ryan schmobel and he, uh, I he writes all this kind of racist, crazy stuff. I try not to block people on things, regardless, just to let it be. And then I noticed that this guy had defriended and blocked me because I wrote a few things like, "Yay, I'm excited about the new era to come." Never wrote Trump's name once. Never say anything that bad about him. Just I am so thrilled and, and there's so much relief that this man is going to be gone that we are on to a new era and i noticed that this guy who had been writing i just wrote like racist and mean and nasty like he was like one of the trump clones and i i wonder if he's an example we'll get into that with your topic but if he's an example of of the problems ahead in our country and how we need to bring hope uh and then there's another thing in news from the quarantine that I know you want to talk about uh, with the uh, with California. Yeah. So apparently, Aaron, 
We're going yeah. into a, a, a travel ban or kind of a, 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 a on Californian residents. And what I heard actually just before we started recording the show is that apparently if you travel out of state as a California resident, when you do come back to California, you have to quarantine for 14 days, um, which is, I mean, I'm, you're traveling now. I'm going to be yeah. in New Jersey in a couple of weeks. Um, so, but as long as we can quarantine in our house, does it actually make any difference whatsoever? Like, oh, and I'm going to say this on our podcast. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> i'll go get tested i've been tested twice in the last uh week and i will go get tested again when i get back and i'm going to be uh going about my life and and to be honest flying which i hadn't done since the quarantine Mm -hmm. um since the beginning of all this i flew right before it started from new york but flying was not like the planes are half empty. You have your mask on the whole time and it feel and the airports are empty and it feels, feels safer than going to Walmart. Yeah. And flights are cheap, right? Yeah. And they're really cheap. So yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll go okay. get tested. Yeah. I'll go get it's... tested and that's it. Um, and... and so if, uh, if like whoever is monitoring us, like in the, our you know surreal world that we live in, where there's a monitor of our podcast, to sit and they hear that, come find me, come find me, whoever's listening, and <laughs> and uh, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, that's because other like, yeah, you can't do that. It's like, you, yeah, you, I think everyone should be tested when you get when you come back, you get tested so that yeah. you're good, and, and then and just and wear a damn mask. Wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. Wear. Would you say a dental dam? I said I wear a dam mask, but actually, if you want to wear a dental dam, but I mean, that's <laughs> got to be more effective, right? <laughs> yeah, if it can stop, if it can stop babies. It can stop COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't even really know how a dental dam works. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of one. Is it just like a mouth condom? Um, as an expert in them, uh, yeah. I've actually never seen one either. Okay. Yeah. I'm scared of Googling it on my work work computer. Um, But. (laughs) Well, we'll leave it up to the listeners to to tell us what they look like since we don't know. They're just virginal souls. Uh, And one other thing from the news from quarantine, I'm going to keep saying, because there's so much lockdown going on, so much we're we're getting uh, stuck and people are, it's, it's cold back East. People are really anxious and nervous about, what's to come uh and and the lot there's lockdowns starting in new york and massachusetts all over people are they're they're cramping down so i recommend because we have made tar our film now available www.tarthemovie.com or on any streaming platform available to rent so now you can rent the film as well as buy it while you're bored at home because there's nothing to do so that's a little plug, but also why not? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you're at home, you know, if you get to see your family on Thanksgiving and you kind of like, you know, people watch football and they watch movies and it's like, it could be fun. It's, it's just, it's a fun thing to do. So I'm glad. And have you, uh, you know, have you had heard any interesting updates, any other new news besides that big news of being available for rental now or. 
No other big news yet. We're just um, and definitely I can't sh that I can share per se, but uh, we uh, but this is the big way is that now I'm really excited that it's available. You can just go on any streaming platform and stream it uh, for like three bucks or something like that. Amazing. So um, it's uh, the new world of movie releasing during COVID and it couldn't come at a more perfect time because people have nothing to do. So uh, why not watch this movie? And you don't have to watch CNN and Fox and stuff for whatever you watch anymore as much because the election's over. So watch in general, just watch entertainment. Yep. Tar for the holidays. And speaking um, of speaking of tar, I think that that's a, a direct, a direct, perfectly uneven segue into your topic number one. Well, like, I think maybe could, people are getting tarred and feathered right now. Um, it feels <laughs> so. Um, and I think that despite you know President Elect Biden's call for healing and a unity and a president for all. It's starting to feel like it's just as ugly or if not just if it's not just ugly, there's new forms of ugliness that are coming out yeah. now that is like, I don't I mean, I don't think that one person being elected solves all problems, but it's it's step towards solving some problems. But what I'm seeing out of the left and the right is really, really disconcerting. You know, uh, there's a lot of. You know, one side, you know, you have claims of election cheating and you have like all these sort of like really audacious sort of claims about, you know, illegal votes and this and that. And, you know, you got people that are that are kind of on one side saying, you know, Biden is not my president and that this is not, you know, we don't have these votes that are real and that. You know, I, I think that is a bit extreme. And I think it's as these cases are going to court, as they're, as they're starting to look at it, they're like, guys, you don't have any pro solutions here. Um, and it's 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 not helping. I mean, how did the right feel when, you know, a lot of the left said that's not my president, that Trump wasn't their president for years? Like, listen, Trump was and still is our president for another couple months. Joe Biden will be our president for at least four years um, if he stays alive um, uh, after that, you know. Um, so whoever is your president is your goddamn president, whether you like it or not. And you have to accept the outcome of these elections. And if there is anything that truly does seem like there's funny business, I do hope that, you know, all sides can agree. Hey, listen, we should look at it just for fairness. But I don't think we've hit anything that has been truly concrete yet. But if something concrete does come up, then if anything says, yeah, we looked at it. And by the way, you're still wrong. And this, it actually then further <laughs> validates, right? It further validates the winner. And then people can go on to moving towards accepting it and moving on. But I don't think we've seen that yet. And then on the other side, um, someone who I think is literally uh, the Trump of the left um, is uh, AOC. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I big dislike her. Um because for many, many, many sort of uh, legislative reasons, but right now, who would you, this ra election, who would you, who would you rather uh, sleep with? Uh, AOC or Trump? Oh well, answer is very obvious. You know, I can't, I, I can't Trump. be getting a, I can't be getting spray on tan all over my, 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 my chest hair. You know, so <laughs> just for that reason alone. But um, no, but I think you know, I'm not looking at her as, as that, but I'm looking at her as just you know a person that is representing an important constituency on the left 
in terms of the progressive group. But what she's done is after these elections is like literally tell all the all the moderates, all the crossover voters that voted for Biden that came over from the right, the Lincoln Project. She's kind of saying, screw those guys. They didn't really help us. And she's already turning the people that actually helped steer this very close election and she's turning them away. Starting lists about, you know, she put out a tweet where she wants to start creating a retribution list of everybody that worked for Trump, anybody that worked in in that in you know in the cabinet or even in the administration, and to to blackball them for their careers. So I think that she's turning into almost like this QAnon of the left, which is what we don't need. It's it's, it's someone that's just really like dividing when Joe himself is saying, "Guys, heal together." So I think with the election truthers. And with the people that are just saying we don't need any moderate or centrism, that everything is is needs to be hyper progressive to the point where you're not going to get a lot of help. It's causing infighting into the party that just won. So I'm just I I just don't I want to feel a little bit of hope that that this isn't going to be the new thing for the next four years. Well, I, I'll give you a bunch of hope with this. Uh, first of all, right now, I know you said there's two more months, I think, of Trump being president. We don't have a president right now. We have a president-elect who's doing a lot of stuff. Like the White House had given up on coronavirus. Now we have Biden who's immediately got a task force and doctors and all these things. to. So starting January 21st, I believe we're going to be headed up. the vaccine. There's going to be a plan for how to distribute the vaccine. There's going to be plans in place. So we have a president-elect who's doing far more than the current president is even remotely doing, which is nothing. All he's doing is fighting these, it's like a make-believe land. He's living in make-believe land, making up random fights and random uh, court cases that just keep getting thrown out by right-wing judges and left-wing judges. Like, they're just like, yeah. you're making stuff up. Even a lot, even he's now in a fight with Fox News because they're like, you're making it up. Oh, so, yeah. But if I may be fair about the vaccine, though, I mean, Pfizer did announce their 90% success rate vaccine this past week. And that, what, that came because of government fast-tracking. So I think there is something, at least there's a vaccine out there. So, but I think I think that, that is the only silver lining on the whole handling of the entire thing. But at least there is, you, you know, like it's starting, but they, yeah. but the white house had given up on, uh, on having a plan period for the COVID. Mm-hmm. They were just going to let it play out. That's not going to be what happens. And uh, there's going to, I believe be more vaccines that come after this. This won't be the only one. It's going to be a domino effect. And we have a, a president coming in who already is doing more, for the coronavirus and to help the stop it so that we can all people can be healthy so the economy can bounce back than we have had for the last year so that and and it's a, to me it's always i always look back to in, on in the end of january biden wrote an op-ed piece of how he would handle the coronavirus when no one was paying attention to it yet and he just decided i'm going to write this op-ed piece for usa today which is actually a conservative leading paper and it was like, here's what I would do in January. And Trump didn't do anything until like, what, April? So, uh, <laughs> so like, and he barely has done anything since then. Then he was like, wanted to open it up right away. So that part, I think it's kind of good that we don't really have a president right now. 
because instead he's just his ego has taken over so much that he's just fighting his own battles of stupidity uh and time will run out and everyone is you know george has been called arizona has been called there's no and the, he's biden's won by a big enough margin it's not like 300 votes or something like there are thousands of votes that he's won by in all these places that are even close so and like trump's i think doing the tried to do a um tried to like do some sort of suing of michigan suing states like that's crazy but uh some sort of suing of Michigan and Biden won by like 200,000 votes. So you think that like there's anyway, it's just, it's nonsense. Let him keep digging his own grave and let Biden keep building up before. So January 21st, boom, we're, we're an active government. And, and I agree with you on, on all extremism on any side needs to go away right now. That's the way for us to unite. I didn't even know the AOC stuff, to be honest. I've been just thinking, how can we unite? How can we get rid of Trump and how can we unite with the leaders that we have in place? Um, and I believe that's what, what will happen. And I believe that's what this Biden-Harris administration will do. And uh, not if Trump was actually trying to do like legislative stuff instead of just fire everyone else around him and yell at people and angry tweet, that would be worse than what he's doing right now, which is just making up stuff except for the fact that they're like he's having a maga proud boy rally in dc this weekend which is going to be uh not good but overall i feel hope in that he is already like he called himself the golden goose but i'd say he's the lame duck he's just the, the lame hey, duck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a pun um so that's hope i hope you feel hope in that that we are getting rid of extremism and I believe Biden when he says, look, the guy's been doing this for 50 years and he's been in the White House for, he was in the White House for eight years. So already. So he knows what's up. He knows what's going on with this. And I think he'll be able to. And he has a team. He has a team that was an eight year ago team that he's going to expand to be a, a better, an even better team, I believe, of people. So that's my hope. All right. Well, it's that, that, that helps. And, and hopefully it's, it's, you know, the extremism is always the loudest. So it's not always the most representative, but it's always the loudest. So hopefully the people that are, are in it for Americans that are looking at general American needs, not just their own personal agenda are able yeah. to prevail. So, um, all right. Well, that, that was, you know, that was, I think an important topic for us to discuss just because, you know, it's, it's America is just on the road to recovery. Um, it'll be a long, long road and we're going to have many of these bumps along the way. Like one person getting elected does not change everything. And I think we all have to work. We all have work to do. And I think yeah. everybody's admitting that. Yeah. And the American experiment is still an experiment. Let's see if it keeps working because for a while it stopped working. So yeah. let's we're see only working for some. It was working for really, and actually a lot of the people who, support him it wasn't actually working for them which is what blew my mind the most is they didn't realize this is actually hurting you like you're not better off you're not getting more money you're not like nothing is better because of the person you're supporting so except maybe you get to kill still carry around an ar-15 like that's it so anyway moving on to the the mailer game which is a game we play uh, 
and I guess it's going to be winding down, but it still hasn't stopped of the, no. of the candidates uh, sending mailers because, well, I'll, I'll do this. The mailer game is each candidate. I'm uh, on the mailer list for both candidates for Trump and Biden. And because, uh, oh, and I, I, it's weird. I signed up for a lot of Trump rallies, like the days before the, the election. And I, I was signed up for a lot in a lot of places. I just didn't make it to any of them. It was weird. Yeah, it's I know. It, it, I'm sorry. You know, you keep suffering from FOMO, and I've I've even got one for you. See if I can stump you. Um, Ooh, this week, yeah. So, actually, when I I'll kick that off. Maybe you can guess this. Maybe it's probably a pretty easy one. Um, let's see. As of 9 a.m. this morning, uh, we are still less than 25 percent there, which means in order to fill the fund. We need to keep fundraising, maybe for weeks, if we hope to get there. We wouldn't be sending you these emails if they weren't for our best chance, dot, dot, dot. We promise if we hit this goal, we can stop asking you for money. But until then, we need your help. Who sent that? It's way too kind to be Trump, so it's got to be Biden. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and I, my guess is uh, he's sending that out for the, uh, for the Senate races in Georgia. Uh, no, this one is specifically, uh, oh yeah, yeah. This one is to defend against the lawsuits. So oh, yeah, I, lawsuit. I'm averaging three a day. Um, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, so, well, luckily he hasn't had to defend any lawsuits because there are no, they've all been dismissed. Uh, but what is bad and which why I think, you know, if you still want to donate, it's smart to donate is because Trump, since he hasn't conceded, there's like a $10 million fund that Biden's supposed to have for the transition. Trump got it when he when he beat Hillary and uh, Hillary conceded in a gracious way and Trump won't do it. So Biden still doesn't have that $10 million fund. Now I think he has a lot of money anyway because he raised the most of any candidate ever. But if you want to vote, donate, donate. And what, what I'm gonna, what, what I want to quiz you on is this. There, there are two candidates asking for money, right? Uh -huh. Trump and Biden in this, in this last couple of days. Can you guess who's asking for $8,000 a person and who's asking for $18 a person? <laughs> I mean, what does a banana cost? $8,000? You know, yeah. like, it's like... So that that's real, huh? That's re oh, that's very real. If, uh, for eight thousand dollars, we're gonna save you. Patriots are gonna save the country, and so can you guess who that is? Yeah, I mean that's Donald like asking for eight thousand dollars. My goodness, a person, a person, a person. And then we have Joe Biden, who's asking for eighteen dollars, which is also for those who don't know him. The Jewish community, it is good luck. It is called high. It is it means good luck. So 18 is an extra good number. And it's cool because we're going to have the first gentleman in the White House be a Jew. So I like that number. The second oh, gentleman. Second gentleman, right. Right. First right he's, he was, he's the first, the first lowercase f, first gentleman to be Jewish, but he's the capital S second gentleman. Second gentleman. gentleman. Yes. yes, yes. And, Sorry. Uh, Sorry to be pedantic. And is in for Jews, he is the first uh Jew to be in the White House, which is very 
cool to be a part of an administration to be in. The, and, and I just think that's we've come a long way in the Jewish world, too, with that, because I, there was the closest before that was Henry Kissinger, uh, who didn't work out so good. So, so well, I think it was the right. I actually age. didn't even know he's Jewish. Yeah, he kind of denied it, but he had, uh, or he just wasn't about it. So anyway, I think that's cool, too. And the 18 is cool. And uh, I think the 8,000 is comical because I, I really think he wants it so that he can, because he's in so much debt and his campaign is in so much debt that he's just trying to swindle people of more money. And uh, whereas Joe is just saying 18 bucks so we can keep going until we get this transition money and also to help the Georgia Senate race. So you got it right and I got it right. So we both, we know these candidates by now very well, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to try to trick you and you're still going to try to trick me. Oh, of course, of course. So speaking of, of candidates, I, uh, it's the debate section of the show where we like to debate with each other. Throw one, so I'm going to throw one out there for you and I'm curious what you think. Okay. This concept of suing states when you're a president. Like you're the president, right? So you are in charge of the states. He has decided to only sue states that are run by Democratic governors. Democrat Democrats who are governors. And then I, in my head, for some reason, just picture suing states like you put down a lawsuit like Michigan. You're on trial like Arizona. You're up like Judge Judy. And then Judge Judy, for some reason, is the one who solves the problem. So what do you think? of this concept of suing a state. Well, I mean, actually it kind of makes sense because we are actually a Republic, right? And a Republic, what that means is each state, each for 50 States is treated like its own individual little country. Now each of these States is entitled to break away from the federal government in terms of rules. Now this is, this is everything from abortion to gay rights to legalize weed, but also to how they run their elections. Also because each state, for example, Iowa shouldn't have to follow the same sort of rules that California does in terms because they're built with agriculture and farmers. They have their own specific needs for their constituency. Now, Iowa, when you're speaking of Iowa, you know, they have a caucus, right? And they have a different way of, uh, you know, uh, uh, allocating their electoral votes. We saw in Maine, they split up votes and they have districts. So each of these states has their own sort of, um, you know, their own district attorney, they have their own state government. And when it comes to the situation of voting, um, the states that Trump is choosing to sue, and he's going to lose, but this, but he he has, as, as, as a president, he has every, actually, it is within his rights to do that. Because if he feel this, there's shenanigans, and he feels the shenanigans mostly, shenanigans mostly to come from, you know, blue states, because he feels that, oh, they might have it in for him. then technically he has the right to take them to court. And I think that's important because he's still going to be using his money. He's in, he's, I don't think he's going to prevail in these lawsuits, No, but it's important to maintain the Republic because once you started it, because if you can't hold a state accountable, that means also a state is not going to be able to be autonomous. You know, they have, they go, they go hand in hand. So I think it's, it's just, it's just, this is just a way for us to understand that, States' rights are really, really important, um, and the federal government 
um, may ha- may have beef with the states at some point, and, and it's just juicy to watch. Well, it's chaos, which you like, but I'm going to tell you why I am mad about this and why I disagree with you. I put a lot of bets on Joe Biden to win the election. And because of this dumbass orange piece of shit, I'm just going to say it. Uh, because of him just being a sore loser because he lost, because there's no daddy money to solve this problem for him. And he can't go bankrupt. You can't like just file for bankruptcy because you screwed up another business. You lost the election. And he's costing me time with the money that I'm supposed to make for Joe Biden winning. Because I was on the Joe Biden betting on him to win train in like March or even February. So before he was like even the favorite. So even though to me, he was always the only person who could do this, um, who could beat Trump. So I'm pissed. I think that Trump is a schmuck because he's costing. And there was an article in New York Post today about there are billions of dollars of petting money that are being held up because Trump is a sore loser. <laughs> well, it, well, if I may counter that, um, thanks to states' rights, you wouldn't be even t- able to, unless our state of California allowed that and you did it in Nevada, you wouldn't even necessarily be able to do that in many states. So with, with because of that autonomy, that well, no, 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 what I'm sued, doing, the, the gambling is completely illegal that I'm doing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's nothing legal. Okay, so it's offshore. No, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but it's 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 illegal. Um, okay. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But it's, I'm not uh, going to incriminate myself, but it's just trust me, it's illegal. <laughs> yeah, just trust me, it's it's illegal, and all our friends do the exact same thing. You're the, I think, the only one who doesn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> everyone else does the same yeah, thing, I, and everyone else is waiting for the same money. <laughs> so, speaking of that, though, there's one other debate because, uh, you know. I see your I see your point in that side of your debate, but I still want my money. Uh, woke Joe, we've talked about woke Joe a little bit. I think Joe Biden, who you have been a little bit critical of, as as being a weak candidate. I believe, and I think you've come around a bit, but I just want sure. to debate it with you um, that he's not a weak candidate. He's actually really been pretty damn strong. And he was stronger and stronger in the days leading up to the election. And he was super strong in the days after the election in pe- keep it, keeping calm, but being strong and tough and saying like, just wait it out. We're going to get there. Don't worry. And then on uh, on the night when he was declared the winner by everyone, uh, I mean, talk about woke. The dude screamed his whole speech. It was like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah. He was just like, it was like, um, it was like a Braveheart speech before they're going to like go into battle, but it was Joe Biden just like, Oh yeah. We were making jokes. Like when we were watching his, his like acceptance speech and you know, we're like, he's just running around there. He just, he's like, Jill, where are you? I just popped the Viagra. Like he was, he was yeah. definitely like alive. Like he was like ready to, to and he to ran up. Orange. He was like Rocky Balboa. He ran up to the podium. Yeah. And, dude. Like yeah. when they were like sleepy, Joe just was, I mean, talk about a nickname that didn't work. Yeah, it's honestly like he's been, he has been alive. I mean, I think his only stumbling block was, you know, over the past few months was just like, I think he had a horrible second debate. Trump owned him in that second debate. But like, other than that, he's been amazing. He's been like positive. He has been energetic. 
He's been saying the right things. I think he's held himself up to a standard that got him elected where every you know American felt good enough about voting for Joe. I do think many of the votes were uh, anti-Trump um, more than they were pro-Joe. I think probably the majority of them were. Um, but I think that they picked the guy that actually could convince people to pick that old white dude over the other old white dude. Yes, and I, I believe he, I think there were many, many people I've talked to have, like they came around instead of being the, what you said, it became more of the, uh, I am actually really, I'm really into this guy. Like, yeah. I think that he's the right guy at the right time. So I think Andrew Yang for me is the only politician I've ever actually like not kind of hated. So, um, so I'm like, oh, okay. And I think amongst them, Joe is next to that in terms of like, wow, I hate him amongst the least. I hate almost every other person. I'll say this. If we can, if we can get Rohit to say that he hates him the second least of any. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. It's, it's, he's, I think the right guy because to, to have one criminal party, beat the other criminal party. Um, so I'm happy that it was him representing them um, because I literally, like I said, I hate him the least and I think he's actually a, a decent, kind person. So I'm happy. It's yes. Yeah. Yes. We got it. <laughs> the lesser criminal representative worked. <laughs> yes. I actually don't. I think he's a, just a good person. There's I don't think he's a criminal himself. I agree. No. He's just yeah. a good guy. He's like, yeah. And uh, so speaking of, this is a big topic for me. It's very important. And we've got to tackle it and you've got to help me. So it was announced that the Super Bowl halftime show, which is probably going to be performed in front of nobody, is if, if we even can get to a Super Bowl, is going to be performed. And I guess the name is ironic because of the time when the Super Bowl takes place. Uh, but it's going to be performed by the artist The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. And this made me feel pretty hopeless. Here's why. why. Uh, the weekend feels like he's been a thing for maybe, maybe five or six years, maybe, uh, maybe six. I've seen him in concert a number of times, like at festivals or I think at a venue in LA too. And um, he's very good live. Sing songs, good singer, good stuff. But like the Super Bowl is for these artists that have been like that have kind of transcended things that have been around for a while that have. And the weekend, besides the fact that the name is the week, his name is the weekend, and it's the Super Bowl's on a Sunday, so I like that that symmetry. I just think that it's just a dumb choice. I just I feel like. This I'm not excited about the Super Bowl halftime show at all to hear him like sing I can't feel my face when I'm with you about his coke addiction. Like that that just doesn't feel like I don't know, I just feel pretty bummed out about him being the guy. I think there's so many artists out there who would be the better that. Like there's a zillion that could be better. I take like Justin, so, Justin Bieber would be better. I don't know any like, like the weekend, unless they add people, 
unless they add like five other people. So it's like the weekend and like, what was, wasn't there a group called like taking back Sunday? Oh yeah. Like all, <laughs> they all groups should be like, have to do with weekends. Then that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, man. One, are you actually going to watch the halftime show? I always do it. Uh, the Super Bowl party we go to because, uh, it becomes actually the most fun part because the host like puts on like a little Super Bowl halftime dance show himself. So it's been really fun Super Bowl halftime shows. I think that it was Justin Timberlake might've been the most fun one of recent times. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I have no problem with the weekend. I, first of all, he's Canadian. You should be happy with that. I do like that. So second of all, he was homeless. He's... So that's kind of like resiliency. Yeah. So you guys have so much in common. Yeah, so both like, and we're both yeah. Canadian and we're both black. So exactly. So you guys, the similarities don't end there, but dude, I'm looking at some of the past performers. Sorry. Black eyed peas, Coldplay, Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, um, Justin Timberlake, Maroon five, like Jennifer Lopez, Shakira. Like this is the first one that actually feels like, Oh my God, it's not necessarily complete bubblegum. Like it's, I think the best halftime I've ever seen was Prince. Oh yeah, um, that was good. That was amazing. Springsteen was great. I like, like I feel like he's, I liked McCartney too, just because I thought it was cool to have a Beatle do it. I don't know when that yeah, was. And it's that like, was a while ago. I actually, I think the best part about what we're going to see from the weekend is that right now they haven't they haven't had any special guests, but that just gets us one step closer to guaranteeing us we will not hear the ninety third rendition of "Walk This Way," um, <laughs> because I feel like no matter who's fucking performing at the halftime show at Super Bowl, they find some way to do a "Walk This Way" rendition, yeah. and it it's literally i think that's hate speech and i again i'm against censorship but i want to censor that one thing katie perry's walk this way was probably the worst i don't think she do it it. too i don't think she did it but it was the worst it's it's just it's offensive so you're saying that this is going to be like a who knows what's going to happen halftime show yeah and i think it's like a younger artist that that is actually exciting Sadly, he doesn't have his crazy hair anymore from when he first sort of hit yeah, the scene. I like that. That's the weekend I saw in concert, the crazy hair weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was cool. The the new, like, toned down weekend is, I don't know if he owns the whole weekend. He's like, he should be. Yeah, three-day. he's more like midweek. Yeah, he should be the midweek. Yeah, he's like the, the Wednesday. He's the Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. All right. I feel hope. I feel a bit of hope. I still, I want to see a lot of cool guests, but I feel a bit of hope. I want like all kinds of people to come out like old and young, yeah. everything in between. But, but ever since the Puritans reacted to Nipplegate, um, like you just can't watch a Super Bowl halftime hoping that something sick is going to happen. Oh, that like, was the best. Uh, that was the best halftime show. Yeah, it was awesome. We got to see a nipple. That was, most of us, that was the first nipple we ever saw. A jack um, nipple. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was our first nipple. Some of us are last. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was great. <laughs> so. Um, so speaking of, all right, I feel hope. I'll hope gong that. Gong. And then uh, sp- speaking of more hope. See, this, I would rather 
these guys did the halftime show. So we always say our favorite group in the world. The best. We are the biggest fans. We are part of their army is BTS, the K-pop group from South Korea. And do you know what they did this week? Uh, Give me a hint. It's in the Wall Street Journal cover. Um, well, the last time we talked about them, there was was their valuation of four billion dollars. Is it a development of that? It, no, it's even more. Oh, so now they're worth even more money. They're worth even more money. Six billion. No, it's but it's still not that. It's, I don't know. Tell me. All right, are you ready? Because it's I'm ready. Pretty neat. Wall Street Journal has declared they're the biggest thing in the world. The, the biggest, biggest thing. Like pop culture thing in the world, period. That's amazing. And uh, and they, they are about unity, and they have taken over to become the single biggest thing uh, in the world. The Wall Street Journal believes it. And what I think is extra cool about it is they should totally be doing the Super Bowl halftime show. And if they're the biggest thing in the world right now, and America is about trying to, you know, be friends with other people around the country again, except for Russia, uh, instead of Russia, just Russia and, and North Korea, this would be the group I would have be the Super Bowl halftime show act. I think this is the one you do. And they can have guests too. They perform with other people. But I think this is what you do. If they're the biggest thing in the world, the Wall Street Journal is saying it. The single biggest thing in the world. I just possible. yeah, I just don't know if K-pop indexes overly high with like all the Kansas City Chief fans and like let's say it's probably gonna be Super Bowl, my guess it's gonna be Chiefs and Seattle Seahawks. Um so maybe you see some K-pop fans in Seattle. Um, by the way, I'm calling this now. I was right about the World Series. So let's I'm see saying this Pittsburgh right. Steelers, Miami Dolphins. Woo! Well, that's impossible. They're both AFC. Oh, right. Uh, no, Pittsburgh. All right, fine. I won't go Homer. But I do think the Steelers will be in the... Uh, in, I think they will probably win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to pick my winner as the Steelers. All right. The we, NFC, we kind of, the NFC is yeah. just... I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think the NFC West is the strongest. Probably Seattle. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, it'll be Seattle, Green Bay, and the NFC Championship. Seattle's going to take it. Russell Wilson's going to then. Um, I think it'll be a close game, but I think Kansas City's going to repeat against Seattle. All right, I'm um, calling Pittsburgh, Seattle, and uh, Pittsburgh wins. All right. Well, let's see what happens. So um, let's, let's go to our um, our Hopeless TV and Hope in 60 Seconds to, uh, to wind out the end of our show. Um, I feel hopeless on TV, and I'll tell you why. Tell me. I have found myself in the last number of weeks on like a Tuesday night since the World Series. So no more baseball, no basketball, no hockey. Just a lot of sadness. And I have found myself on random Tuesdays watching random bad college football games. And I feel very hopeless about this, Rohit, because... I look at these games like I was watching like Ball State versus Iowa, I think. 
And I'm thinking, one, I don't know where, well, I know Iowa's in Iowa. I don't know where Ball State is. And two, like, why it's am not I? not Baltimore, right? No. <laughs> Sorry. It also sounds like it could be the name of a porn. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm just watching these games thinking, and then I, what I do is I put like $10 on the team with my legal gambling. And I think, why am I doing this? But it's just, it's kind of boredom. And so give me some hope of why that's a good thing that I'm doing that. I think that's the only way I can watch college football is if I have money. Because here's the thing. I went to a small state school. We were a D3 school. And you went to NYU. Like neither of them has like major athletics that people can like tune into. Um, So it's like I always, I guess, became a professional fan. Um, And there's just... I think there's approximately 49,000 college teams. So it's like, I don't even know, like it's like hard to like really get the storylines out there unless you're just like paying attention to like the, you know, the AP top 30 or whatever. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, it's college sports is not for me. I'm the only person around even March Madness basketball. I'm like, ugh, not this again. Um, it's like, this is ruining my newsfeed. This, uh, this year you got to go, ugh, not this again. Oh good. It's not happening. Yeah, I'm like, great. I now have to fill out a bracket out of obligation because I always try to fill them out, but I never have fun filling them out. But I don't want to be left out just in case I win. And it's, <laughs> it is fun watching like all like the, you know, some of the upsets and things that are happening. But I'm like, I can't pretend I can. I can't name outside of Trevor Lawrence. I cannot name one college football player. I cannot name one college basketball player. Um, I can only name like three hockey players. All I care about pretty much is just baseball and football. Um, and that's, that's it for me. I can use the rest of that time to play video games. All right. So, so the hope there is that I'm just going to come move in with you and play your PS5. Yep. Perfect. Play, we'll play PS5 together. Great. Forget college football on TV on Tuesdays. That's, that's just not fun. And so speaking of college football, um, there's two bits of, uh, there's a couple of hope in 60 seconds, which we like to, uh, we'll intro with. Hope in 60 seconds. All right, and go. My hope in 60 seconds is the Dolphins. They're my team. They're my football team. Watch all their games. And they're actually good this year, which makes me feel hopeless because I know they're going to screw it up somehow. And so give me hope as to why Tua won't get hurt like in a week as to why they're not going to just somehow collapse and everything's going to go wrong and why and tell me why they aren't going to be a disaster that I just am like programmed to know they will for the last 20 sure. years. So I, I, I can give you the same hope that I gave you with the Clippers is that our team's pursuits, unless they're the Dodgers, like you said this year, will end in failure. There's only one out of 32 teams that will win the Super Bowl this year. All the other 31 are going to be freaking depressed one way or another because they either came close or they couldn't finish. So just deal with the depression in advance. And the way I do it with my New York Giants, uh, me being a Giants fan, I'm just going to close this out, is that I just, here's what I do. Every week I pretend they're like a college team or whatever, and they're playing against the pros. So like any touchdown, (laughs) anything that they do well, I'm like, dude, that was amazing. Yeah. And so if you can just kind of approach it knowing that without that your team probably doesn't have a chance at all and any good thing that happens is the 
it ends up being the greatest joy. And then when they eventually do fall on their faces, which like I said, 31 out of 32 teams do, yep. at least you were ready for it. So embrace the pain and any pleasure that comes out of it is going to be the biggest bonus. All right. Well, so far I've pleasured myself a lot to them. So we're, we're good. <laughs> uh, so let's just, right, let's go, one. let's go to uh, our final section. Cause we're running out of time sure. uh, with hope fulfilled. Because I think there has been a lot that's been fulfilled in the last uh, in the last week 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 I guess, and uh, so I, I but we have a we have a little bit of a more uh, a, a less obvious one. So why don't you bring it? Yeah, and I'm sure Aaron, you've probably been following this news, but I would like to talk to the audience about a woman named Kim Eng. Yep. And um, for those who don't know, sh- today she became the first general manager in Major League Baseball history that was a woman. She has thirty over 30 seasons of, of experience in the front office. She's won three World Series rings with multiple teams. Um, she's now the highest-ranking woman in Major League Baseball. Um, and I think this was an amazingly inspiring, awesome move. You know, I think in the NFL, we started to see women on the sidelines in terms of being trainers, assistant coaches, um, and even referees. Um, in baseball, I don't think we've seen any female umpires make it to the majors level yet. But to see now a woman that is responsible for trades, responsible for rosters, and of a team that just had the, you know, Don Mattingly be manager of the year, like, and it's a franchise that's up and coming. I think it's really, really exciting. And for me, she's, you know, I think she broke a major gender barrier. Um, and now she's, she's, she's playing with the big boys and the other 29 major league uh, general managers, most of whom are, you know, older and kind of been in the game for a long time. I couldn't agree more. And she, Actually, some, like uh, she was part of the with Ned Coletti, who the the group who drafted Clayton Kershaw uh, mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. She was un, under him. She actually was up for the job. They gave it to Ned Coletti, who had it for a long time, and she worked with Ned Coletti and drafted a lot of the Dodgers that are the Dodgers now. Um, so I think it is, you know, one small step for what is the phrase from Landing on the Moon. One small step for man and giantly for mankind. So for one small step for general, it should be general woman urgers is another small step for women. <laughs> women. <laughs> Talk about biffing. Will managers. Will managers. Will managers. But I think it's fantastic. And I really can't wait to see. I hope she has plenty of success. I hope she fires Don Mattingly within the first few weeks of the season because I can't stand him because he was a Dodger manager and he sucked. And so I just, I really look forward to seeing what she does. And it's a big barrier that I think should be a story in our new America that we hopefully have coming with progress and unity and, and diversity and just everyone getting uh, an equal chance. I think she is uh, a great symbol for the start of that. As we also have a vice president who's a woman. And and she's also, I think the, uh, one of the, the highest ranking uh, Asian Americans in professional sports in America. So pretty amazing. So um, the, I agree with you. However, didn't, was did Don Mattingly take you guys to the first world series that you lost no. in recent years? No, it's all been okay, Dave it was all Dave Don Roberts. Okay. So, but Mattingly got you guys to the playoffs. I mean, dude, he just won manager of the year. He's got poopy um, pants. When he walks up to the mound, it looks like he just pooped his pants. So, but, 
But poop, all the cool kids pooped their pants. But also, look what Don Manningly did despite what Derek Jeter did. Despite him coming into that Marlins. Yeah, he got them to the playoffs. And they like, got to the second like round. It's, it's absolutely impressive. Well, like, can you do me a favor, actually? Yeah. Because I have to go there here. Can you yep. close out the show this time? Yes, yes. And uh, cool. And all I'll, so all I'll say to, is cheers to diversity, to inclusivity, to giving everyone a chance. And this is a great step. Yes. And thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Aaron and I are going to be wrapping up. And next week, we're going to uh, have a great submission from someone named Joanne. Um, but in the meantime, guys, it's it's a new era. It's a new day. Um, and everyone, you know, continue to spread hope, um, and share hope. And no matter where you fall along, whatever beliefs you have, we can all find hope in each other. So thank you. Um, on behalf of Aaron, uh, he is the Aaron Wolf on all these various Twitter handles and Instagram and all that. And I'm Vohit for Rohit with the number four. Um, and we will catch you next week. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa.